The Olympic Channel podcast is brought to you by Bridgestone, worldwide Olympic and Paralympic partner, a founding partner of the Olympic Channel. Olympic Channel podcast. My name is Ed Knowles and this is the official Olympic Channel podcast. Hello, 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 hello. I am at the Team GB Winter Ball on the red carpet and I'm hoping to speak to Olympic champions like Tom Daly and Max Whitlock. Plus some Winter Olympians too, Jeremy Alcott and Amy Fuller. Uh, we're going to look back on the year and do some challenges. and look forward to Beijing 2022 as well. Let's go and see who we can find. Olympic Channel Podcast. Hi, Tom. Could I grab a quick word? Yes, it's wonderful to see you. Nice like, to look at this amazing outfit that you've got. Quite well, the dress code, but... Yeah, so tell me, what are you wearing? It's like, you know, it's amazing. So take me through it. So, well, I'm actually, well, it's kind of like 70s inspired, I guess you could say. It's Vanushka on top. Uh, designer that I love um, that's based out of London, actually in Hoxton Square currently, and also some Christian Louboutin. Got me thinking actually, I was like, you know, like 20 years ago when I first started being an adult, I don't think you, I would have ever expected to see anybody just rocking an outfit like that. Without a t-shirt. Exactly. Without a t-shirt. You know what I mean? Like, what world we live in? Like, how exciting is that for you? And just to be that person, you know. know. It's, it, what, what is nice is that since the Olympic Games, like, I've just, I'm just, I don't know. There's something that's been so focused in my mind for so long about just being an athlete and being all serious and focused, focused, like, and now to have just being able to finish the Olympics, achieve my ultimate dream and just be able to like live and just be like, you know what, I'm just going to, you know, and it's not, I, I don't know. There's something about fashion that I find so expressive and so creative. And funny enough, today was the first day that I launched my knitwear line as well. So like, it's all, it's all go today. Let me tell you. Well, I was expecting knitwear, if I was yeah. honest. <laughs> I know. I'm, I'm, I, I do want to make like a whole knitwear all in one kind of, I should knit a suit really. Is that, that should be my next thing. <laughs> well, we saw the pants, the crochet, the, the trunks. So oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. Eventually. Eventually we'll get it. So if you look back on uh, 2021, uh, obviously super successful ultimate dream I mean it's strange to say out loud basically but I mean what have you learned about yourself in 2021 I think there's lots of things I've learned about myself in 2021 I think the pandemic in particular has taught me so much in terms of you can't control everything deal with change a sense of perspective of that because anything can change at any moment you can't control anything you just have to ride with the like roll the punches and a sense of perspective of like what actually matters most is that your friends and family are happy and healthy and everything else is just a bonus and I went into those Olympic Games just thinking you know what, I'm at my fourth Olympic Games and that is just I mean that's just so cool like what like what on earth and I just have this sense of perspective of like oh like I just need to enjoy this because if I don't enjoy this like what have I been working these 20 years for if I can't enjoy it Alexei Sureda, the Ukrainian yes. young guy, incredible, talented. And um, what's your assessment of him? What do you think of him? There are two divers in the world right now that I think are the ones to watch for Paris, LA, Brisbane that are going to take over the world. Alexei Sereda from Ukraine and also the young Japanese diver that got to compete in front of her home crowd and made a final this year at the Tokyo Games. Those two divers are going to be the ones that are going to be battling it out for the medals in the future Olympics for sure. Challenge time. They're quite philosophical. Do you make your own destiny or does it choose you? Choosing a destiny is one thing, but you can choose something and it never happened to you. You have to make your own way. But again, there's always that battle of like nature versus nurture. 
I am a massive believer that nature will only ever get you so far. far. Nurture is what is going to make you an Olympic champion. What do you think about when you're competing as an athlete? When I'm competing, I always try to think of the process, never of the outcome. The outcome is way down the line. The outcome is, in my sport of diving, it's uncontrollable because I can't control what other athletes are doing. So being very much focused on the process will get the outcome that you want. And finally on this one, is sport art? Sport is a form of art. At the end of the day, it can be ugly, it can be gruelling, but sometimes ugly is beautiful, sometimes ugly is interesting, and sometimes being, showing what you, human beings can do with their body is art in so many different forms, in so many different ways, so many different shapes, sizes, heights, ethnicities, um, religions, uh, sexualities, genders, all coming together to do a sporting event and trying to be the best at it. That's art to me. Tom, have a great night. Thank you. See you later. Thank you very much. So, Kemi Alcott is a four-time Olympic alpine skier. She's also a TV presenter on the legendary BBC show, Ski Sunday. So hopefully I can have a quick word. Hello. Hello there. You all right? These Winter Olympics are going to basically be like uh, not anything like the four that you attended. Um, what kind of advice would you give to people who are going out over there? I mean, the thing is, as an athlete, you have this tunnel vision your whole life. And everyone always says, treat the Olympics like another event. And you go there, and in a normal year, there's huge amount of excitement and press and family and pressure. Actually, now it is like another event because it's just you in the start gate on your own. So in some ways, mentally, it's easier. But also, you want to share that success or the difficult times with those closest to you. So it is a challenge, but you're, you're in a team. They will be there, and the rest of us, Team GB, all of us sports fans will be there with our cowbells because it's winter skiing um, from behind, you know, supporting. And you're a mother as well. And I think it's, it's one of the trickiest things, you know, going away at any time, but especially if you're leaving like young children for an extended amount of time, but you've done it or doing it as well at the, at the moment as well. Is there any kind of tips that you would, you would give for, for dealing with that? I mean, the hardest time to leave children, whatever your work is, is the day you leave and the day your kids realise you're not going to be there tomorrow morning. Actually, once you get away, you need to get rid of the guilt and just live in the moment, enjoy the moment. Last year on Ski Sunday, I had seven weeks where I wasn't allowed to see my kids because of COVID. And at the beginning, I was quite sad, but then I thought, hey, I can reinvent myself. I can sleep through the night. I can do yoga. I can get rid of pain and I can do what I wanted to do before I had kids. So, you know, stay in the present and enjoy the moment and try and not let that kind of guilt affect your enjoyment of, of what you're doing. Challenge time. There are some most asked questions about alpine skiing, okay. so you're going to have to uh, like help me out here. Okay. Is alpine skiing the same as downhill skiing? Alpine skiing is downhill skiing, but downhill is one of the disciplines of alpine skiing. There are multiple other disciplines, Super G, Slalom, Giant Slalom, and the pro events. How hard is alpine skiing? 
I mean, I'm quite biased. Um, I think alpine skiing is the most exhilarating, exciting sport. You have to push yourself to your limit. If you go to that limit and beyond, then you're likely to end up in the nets in a helicopter um, out of the sport for a while. But it's addictive going 90 miles an hour. There's nothing that replaces that. So it's incredibly exciting. But yeah, I mean, I'm from London and I decided to be an alpine skier. I thought life couldn't be tougher than that until I became a mum. Who is the best alpine skier of all time? I'm a big fan of the GOATs, the greatest of all times. I think Lindsay Vonn, uh, someone I was very fortunate to race against because of her perseverance, come back from injuries. Um, she was an incredibly talented athlete and that mental confidence to always be her best. And finally, why is Michaela Schifrin so good? Michaela Schifrin is probably my biggest girl crush in alpine skiing. Technically, she's flawless. I wouldn't like to ski like anyone else in the world right now except for her. She's got the most efficient touch. She was like made to be this like silky cat on the snow. And she's really quirky and wacky and, and true to herself. And I love that about her. So much energy. Thank you so much. <laughs>
basically, and I'm going to ask you them. Does Max Whitlock have a child? I do. I have a little girl. She is two years old. She'll be three um, at the end of February. So, yeah, she's my proudest achievement by an absolute mile. Is Max Whitlock retired? <laughs> I've not retired. Um, I've got a lot of goals, a lot of ambitions still. Yeah, I'm getting older. I'm 28 years old, 28 years old now. I'm PK for a gymnast around 22, 23. So I'm getting on, but I'm not retired yet. What age did Max Whitlock start gymnastics? I started gymnastics when I was seven years old. So actually it's quite late now. Um, my little girl does gymnastics. She's two, like I said. So um, seven years old is quite, quite late on, but still possible. Where was Max Whitlock born? I was born in my hometown of Hemel Hempstead, where my parents still live now. And the final one, why are gymnasts so short? <laughs> Brilliant. Yeah, that always shocks people. People always think I'm bigger than I am. And it's always a disappointment when I meet people how small I am. Um, I don't know why the exact answer is to that. You do get some taller gymnasts, but I think being a slight build smaller probably has its advantages in our sport, definitely. Max, congratulations. Thank you for playing along as well. And yeah, have a lovely time. Thank you. Nice one. Thank you. Right, I'm now with Amy Fuller, who is a snowboarder, and it's literally no exaggeration to say that snowboarding is a bit of a family. They like travel around the world together. So even though they are competitors, they are, or do at least seem to be, decent mates around each other. Amy, hello, we spoke uh, to Olympic champion Anna Gasser of Austria on the podcast recently, and I remember uh, that you were at the big party for her um, at Team Austria that they threw for her back in Pyeongchang 2018 when she won her uh, big air title. How much do you remember of that night? My experience of that was steak, bread, and, and the... What do they call the Austrian? Yeah, the big... Steiners. Pants. Yeah, everyone was dancing on the tables. What... What a way to celebrate the end of the Olympics. Anna Gasser, Olympic gold, and she so deserved it. And the Austrian house just absolutely popped off. I actually got a call, though, to do some work in the morning. A 6 a.m. call time, halfway through the night. So it was like, drinks down, water on board. I was dancing hard, but not for as long as I would have liked. <laughs> Yeah, and I think it was one of those things, it's like this this Olympic experience is going to be so different from that, you know, like what would be your advice to somebody who is going there in terms of like keeping a level head? Because you do, you, you are, you do do the both, right? You're like, you're, you do, you can be calm as well, right? Like you keep, yeah, keeping it zen. I'd say, I think that's the biggest misconception people have of me. I think I have a very like outward positive personality, which I hope I can share with people. Um, but everything I do is very calculated. So <laughs> I'd say it's about finding that balance, right? In everything. Yes. Yeah, indeed. So if for somebody who is going out there and is under this like quarantine and this closed loop system, what were kind of some hacks or some tips of, you know, keeping your mental game together? I'd say treat the Olympics like any other competition, as in your routine, your prep. If you're a marathon runner, you're not going to suddenly start eating five pizzas the night before. So why would you do the same before an Olympic snowboarding competition? So I think if you've got a ritual or a habit or something you do at every event, stick to your routine and treat it like a normal event. But just when the, when the lights are on and they say drop in, just realize that this is your moment. 
I remember you looked at me once and when you went, send it. Like, <laughs> that was when I was like 22. Just send it. I've reined it in a little bit since then. <laughs> Olympic, Olympic Channel, Channel Podcast. Okay, massive thanks to everyone. I've had a wonderful time here in London. Great to see everyone. Uh, that is it for now, though. Stay safe, stronger together, and see you very soon. Think like an Olympian.